Hello and welcome into today's episode where we will be joining Legacy Church there in Shebbyville, Tennessee, where I will be preaching a word that I pray and I hope blesses your life. I pray it takes you to greater heights in the kingdom. Get ready because I believe God is going to do something special with what you're hearing today. Come on, how many of you love Jesus this morning? Come on, isn't he good? on I said isn't he good what a special day this is a first for me getting to preach on my birthday y'all did make me feel very very special and I am gonna have to go on a diet after my birthday looking at all them little Debbie cakes come on somebody (laughs) hey I got Austin Austin to help me out praise God come on Gavin I need some help brother come on I am excited to uh, continue on in our series. As uh, Pastor Lindsay said, y'all be praying for Kelsey and Asher this morning. Kelsey's all right, but she ain't all right because she ain't been sleeping. Asher has had her up uh, for about three nights in a row now. He's got a double ear infection and a virus, so y'all be praying uh, for them. Uh, I'm going home on my birthday to take care of sick babies after Mama feeds me. Mama going to feed me now for my birthday. I need you to feed me, Mama, but I'm excited for today. Today's going to be special. Uh, I'm excited for the word uh, that the Lord is going to have me to release today. And we're continuing on in our series, Let's Get to Know Him. How many of you are ready to get to know him a little better this morning? Come on, let's stand for the reading of God's word and let's jump right into this thing. We're going to be coming from Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 5. Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 5. We got somebody else who shares a birthday with me too. I seen it this morning. What's up, sis? Happy birthday to you as well. All right, let's get into this word. Chapter 23, verse 5, and the Bible says this in Jeremiah. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness, Jehovah Sitkanu. Father, over the next couple of moments, I ask that you would anoint me to preach and teach this word that you have so graciously taught me this week. God, I thank you that you are my righteousness, that you're my savior, that you're my king who reigns and prospers in my life. God, I'm thankful for a God who will be my righteousness even when I can't be righteous. That God, you went in my place You went in our place on that cross. And now, because we have faith in you, we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, we honor you in this place. ask that you would be with us today. Lord, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray and the church said amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So... 
As you can see, we're continuing on in our series, Let's Get to Know Him. And for our visitors, this is a sermon series that I have been preaching over the last couple of weeks. This is part four, so this has been the fourth week that we are in this series, Let's Get to Know Him. And this entire series has been about the names of God. When you talk about the names of God, you are learning God's character because the names of God describe His character. They describe His nature they let us know who God really is. Amen. John chapter 17 and verse 3 says this, that eternal life is this, to know God and his son, Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Isn't that awesome to know that that's where your salvation is wrapped up in? It's wrapped up in knowing God. It's not wrapped up in uh, you know, how many church services you go to, how much you tithe, how much you give in offerings to the kingdom of God, your salvation, your relationship with God, Christianity, all of this, what it is about is about a relationship with God and you knowing him and him knowing you. That is where eternal life is all wrapped up in. Amen. And so touch your neighbor and tell him, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So today I am discussing a name that you don't hear much, Jehovah Sitkanu. Jehovah Sitkanu. Touch a neighbor and tell them Sitkanu. Don't mess it up now. That's hard. That's a mouthful, right? Sitkanu. Oh, y'all about butchered that, didn't you? I'm going to butcher it probably before this service is up, but I'm going to try to stay on track here. The T is silent. Can we put that graphic up? There it is. Okay. So this is how you spell the name Jehovah Sitkanu. That T is silent there, and that name means the Lord, our righteousness. Look over at your neighbor and tell them, the Lord, our righteousness. Say, our righteousness. He's our righteousness. Amen. Amen. So here we go. And as I stated last week, we're now getting into the compound names of God, and these are the names that are descriptive of his character and the things that he does for us. We see the name Jehovah first. Um, this name of Jehovah first mentioned here in the book of Jeremiah. It is mentioned in the book of Jeremiah chapter 23, but also chapter 33. And this is Jeremiah's writings where the Lord has shown him that there is a branch, there is someone that is coming through the lineage of David, and he will not just be some offspring of David, but he will be made a king, and he will be a king of righteousness and make righteousness of available to God's people. Amen. This prophecy was written 570 years before Jesus was born or before Jesus stepped onto the scene. I want you to really let that sink in for a second. Jeremiah here prophesies about the branch of righteousness that is coming into the earth who has not yet showed up and it's 570 years before then. And then we wonder why the prophets all got killed. Let somebody prophesy and it don't happen tomorrow. We want to label them a false prophet and we're ready to shut them down and cancel their Facebook. And, you know, we, we want to talk crazy about them. But but this was 570 years before Jesus steps onto the scene. Sounds like we ought to be a lot more gracious towards the prophetic. Amen. All right. I got to move on. 
But Jeremiah here, he begins to prophesy of this king who is coming, who will reign and who will prosper, that he's going to execute judgment and righteousness on Judah and Israel, which we, by the way, are grafted into, and we will be saved, and he will be called the Lord, our righteousness, Jehovah Sit Canoe. You know, this is a name that isn't mentioned much. I just want to, by a show of hands, how many of you have ever heard this as a name of God? Jehovah Sit Canoe. Have you heard this? One, two, three, four, five. Five out of about six out of about uh, maybe a hundred people in the room. Amen. So this is not a name that is talked about or gets much attention, but can I be very honest? It should get a lot of attention. Why, you might ask? Because this name my friends had the gospel message hidden in it for centuries for centuries you've heard me say it a lot that the old testament is jesus concealed and the new testament is him revealed in the study of the names of god i've shown us over and over again how jesus is is uh involved at every step and in every segment of the Old Testament. Remember we talked about Jehovah Jireh uh, last week, how God will provide and how that was a whole foreshadow and picture of Jesus. Amen. And here we have the gospel message being preached by Jeremiah 570 years prior to Jesus arrival. This is why Jesus, by the way, is so upset when he steps onto the scene and the Pharisees don't recognize him. They don't know him. The religious establishment knows nothing about him. He has been giving them story after story, foreshadow after foreshadow, revelation after revelation of who he is and what he is coming to do and that he must die, be risen on the third day and to pay for the sins of the world. To to pay for my sin and to pay for your sin. This is why Jesus is so frustrated with the religious establishment of his time. They have been diving into the scriptures day after day after day. They have, they have fauntlets on their foreheads with scriptures and the Old Testament law and everything in the temple. It's all about him and the sacrifice and all of this stuff. And they have no idea who he is when he shows up. The children of Israel have been studying about him for centuries, yet when he's right in front of their face, they have no idea who he is. So you might be asking yourself, though, what does this mean and what does this and how does this give us the gospel message that we so love and cherish? Well, think about the statement within the name, the Lord, our righteousness. When he gives us the name Sit Canoe, the root word of Sit Canoe is the word Sedek meaning righteous or righteousness or justified. So when he calls his name Jehovah Sitkanu, he is calling him the Lord our righteousness, the Lord who justifies. Well, let me break down righteousness and justification or righteous and justify with those two words so that we can get to where we're going. Righteousness means this, acting accordingly with divine or moral law, and to be free from the guilt of sin. So when you talk about righteousness, it's twofold, two-sided, two-faceted, whatever you might want to call it, multifaceted, meaning when you see it in the scriptures, he's talking about two things, being right with God and being morally right. The root word in righteousness is what? Right. right. 
So when you talk about righteousness, you're talking about either being right with God or being morally right. Amen. Justified means this, declared or made right in the sight of God. Declared to be made right or righteous in the sight of God. Are y'all catching this yet? You're catching this yet? Because my friends, this is the gospel message that we so love and preach. This is the gospel message that we so love and preach. Main key number one I want to give you today is very simple and it's this. God did it. Oh, Oh, let me say that again. I said God did it. You didn't do it. God did it. Let me say that again. You didn't do it. God did it. Come on. God did what you couldn't do, which was save you from yourself. He wrapped himself in flesh. He came in a body. He became the lamb. He became the propitiation for your sin and my sin. He came and paid the price that you and I could never pay. God knew that the blood of bulls and goats would never never satisfy. God knew that the blood of bulls and goats could never clean your conscience from dead works like the blood of the Son of God did. Amen. It was going to take the blood of God and the DNA of God himself to pay for mankind's mess ups when he says God our righteousness it's a foreshadow of the things to come he's telling you he's telling us that you can't do it but I can do it your righteousness is like filthy rags is what the Bible says it's tainted but my righteousness is pure and it's a righteousness that can actually make you clean it's the gospel message that teaches us Jesus paid it all oh don't you love those old songs come on Jesus paid it all we just sang another old song talking about the names of God there's just an anointing on them old songs ain't there church come on but Jesus paid it all amen for those he did foreknew he also predestined and for those whom he predestined he also called and to those whom he called guess what he also justified what are you trying to say pastor I'm trying to tell you you ought to be way more excited than you are right now because Jesus paid it all he's called you he's predestined you he's justified you he's made you right in the sight of the father simply because you have put faith and trust in the blood simply because you have put faith and trust trust in the cross simply because you have put your faith and your trust in Jesus the Christ the Messiah the son of the living God and because you have put your faith and trust in the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ you have been made right with God come on it don't matter how good of a little boy or how good of a little girl you've been come on it don't matter how many church services you've been to or church services you ain't been to y'all ain't saying no thing I'm trying to tell you that you are justified by faith in Jesus Christ period drop the mic pastor come on like Benito it's over you are justified by faith and you have been made right with God because he did it aren't you doesn't that just take all the pressure off of us like that he did it I'm not saying you get to live however you want but what I'm telling you is that he did it 
I'm telling you that you can fall and make a mistake, and guess what? He, he did it. <laughs> Come on, he took care of the mistake. He, in his foreknowledge, he knows every mistake that you've ever made. He knows the present mistakes that you might be making, and guess what? He's the great I am, so in your past he was, in your present he is, in your future he So he knows even the mistakes that you will make in your future, but he still calls you justified. Come on, he still calls you called. He still calls you predestined. He still says you have a plan. He still says you have a purpose. I don't care what you did last month. Come on, somebody. I don't care the mistake that you made last week or last night. I'm telling you this morning, if you have faith in Jesus Christ, you're covered and it's under the blood and God paid for that and he paid for your mistake and he paid for your future mistake and there's nothing you can do that can wash off the blood. Mm. Oh, I want to run a lap. And I just might here in a minute. Come on, is that not some really, 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 really good news? That's why we call it the gospel. You understand that that's what the gospel means? It's the good news. And we got church, church folks mad and upset about things. No, you've got the greatest news of all time that you have been justified and you have been made right with God. I, I ain't even got this in my notes for this scripture, but do you know that the Bible calls you holy, blameless, and righteous? Yes, sir. Even after what you did last month. Even, even after what you did 10 years ago. Come on, e even after what you might have done last night, the, the Father sees you in this light because of your faith and your trust that you have put into Jesus Christ. Yes, that really ought to blow your mind. Because I don't know how holy y'all are, but I'm just telling you right now, pastor be making mistakes. Pastor makes mistakes. Let me help you make mistakes. We some messed up people, y'all. And we need a savior. Come on, I talked about it just a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Adonai, his name meaning Lord and Master, right? And there's a lot of Christians that struggle with, they're good with him being a Savior, but they struggle with making him Lord and Master of their life. But let me just say this too, there is people that struggle making him Savior as well. Oh, it's quiet. It's quiet in here, in this Pentecostal church. Yeah, because there's some of us that we've been following God so long that you have forgotten your need for a Savior. There's some of us that our church attendance has just been so good that you have forgotten your need for a Savior. Come on, some of us are really good at obedience and you tend to, when you walk like that, forget that you have a need for a Savior too. Come on, there's thoughts that run through your mind that will determine that you need a Savior. Come on, there, there are things that you do behind closed doors that will determine your need for a Savior. I don't care how long you've been going to church. I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord. You also need a Savior as as well you need him to know him as Adonai but you also need to know him as Jehovah Sidkenu the God of your righteousness because your righteousness is as filthy rags to a God who is perfect holy and righteous set apart talk about sanctification which we'll get into that next week and I'm excited about that but a holy and a perfect God whose standard is far above what you could ever imagine or think. 
But, but the greatness of a God like this is incredible because, because he makes a way to call you what you aren't. <laughs> you, 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 come on, come on. You serve a God. You serve a God who turns you into something that you're really not. <laughs> This goes back into the Elohim factor of God. Come on. He is a creative God, meaning when he spoke and the earth came into existence, he spoke and said, let there be light. And it came into existence. He, he called forth. He called forth the stars from the sky. He called forth the stars. He told the heavens to release the stars. Amen. Come on, somebody. He told the seas to release all of the fish, the meaning that he had created something with the potential of the thing on the inside of a thing. And because of a creative miracle and the type of God that you serve, when he says release it, release it. And your God has called you holy and blameless and righteous. And he's put that on you, although you really aren't that. But he calls you that. And when he calls you that, it is because he said it. He's a create. He can take you. From something that you're not and turn you into it. Wow. That's so good. Come on, this is it. We ought to be excited about this. Because your faith has made you right with God. It takes off all of the pressure. It, it, it takes off all of the pressure because you can look at your Bible and see the rules and the standards and the things that God calls us to and become very overwhelmed and say, my gosh, I could never live up to this. But this takes off the pressure and then you can, you can actually just become. It takes off the pressure to where you can actually just become what God says that you already are instead of trying to do to be. Y'all have heard me say it before. Don't be a doobie. Come on, we done with that life. We don't, don't do to be, just be, because that's who he says that you already are. That's who he says that you already are. You were never meant to carry that type of burden and the pressure of perfection because he was perfect, so you don't have to be. He was perfect, so you don't have to be. This ain't got nothing to do with you. All you have to do, all you have to do to have righteousness imparted to you is to put your faith and your trust in him. Put your faith and your trust in the finished work of the cross. And then if you do, the Holy Spirit will come and live on the inside of you. And when the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you, he will begin to clean you up. Come on, somebody. You, 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 don't, you don't come to church after you get cleaned up. You come to the church house and then the Holy Spirit gets on the inside of you. And he's the one that cleans you up. Now we're talking about sanctification. Come on. Sanctification is a big fancy word for the things that used to not bother you, they now do. The, 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 the things that used to not bother you, now they do. You can't sit in your sin anymore and it not bother you and there not be conviction of the Holy Ghost. Can I just help us to, if you are not convicted of sin and things that you're doing wrong, that's a very scary place to be, my friend, because the Holy Spirit's job is to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of the coming judgment. Let me break that down. The Holy Spirit is there to convict you of your sin. He will get you to feel remorse 
forceful about what it is that you are doing. Now watch this. The Holy Spirit's also his job is to convict you of righteousness. What does that mean? It means he is there to convict you of your right standing with God. Because if you ever get convicted of your right standing with God and believe that you're right with God, you can start walking right with God. And he's there to convict you of the coming judgment, meaning you will stand before God one day and give an account for your life. You'll stand before God one day and give an account for your life. Sanctification. It starts. Once righteousness has been imparted to you because of your faith, now the Holy Spirit comes in and getting cleaned up is a byproduct of that. Amen. Let me say this. Here we go. You become by yielding. Hayden, I think this thing's starting to act funny. Okay. You become by yielding to the Holy Spirit. That's how you become. Y'all hear me say that all the time. Don't try to do, just become. God says that you are something, so just become it. Well, how do you become what God says that I am? You yield to the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And when you yield to the Holy Spirit, that means you pause and you stop and you say, God, what direction do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? How do you want me to respond? How do you want me to react? And then you, you've yielded. And now after you yield, you know, that's how yielding works. You slow down, you pause, and then you get to go. But when you yield to the Holy Spirit, you've got to go in the direction that he has telling you to go. And when you yield to the Holy Spirit, you will begin to become like him. Oh, Jesus. You will begin to walk like him. You will begin to talk like him. You will begin to love like him. You will begin to forgive like him. You will begin to walk in love, compassion, and mercy like him. You can see somebody dead in their sin. You can see them mixed up in their sin and look at them and call them to a higher place and say, just go and sin no more. And you can also walk in hard truth where you see religious folks and call them out for their nonsense and say, I need to call you to a higher place as well because this nonsense has got to stop. Come on. There's no religious duty that you can can do that can bring you closer to God it's already finished it's already finished yield to the Holy Spirit can I just say this that Jesus has an end game Jesus has an end game if he is your righteousness and he's trying to get you to live like him if he's trying to shape and mold you into his image by the Holy Spirit what he's telling us is that he's made us righteous in the sight of God now we can walk in righteousness and live right in front of the world around us God has saved you and Jesus has made you right with the Father so that you can become it to the world around you and display the image and likeness of God, which is what creation was all about. Yeah. It's why you're here. To reflect our Father in the earth. Heaven and earth were designed to reflect one another. You and I were created in the, we're the only thing, the only species on the face of the earth that was created in the Imago Dei, meaning the image and likeness of God. You were created to reflect him. Amen. Jesus has an end game with this whole righteousness thing. It's to make us Christians. Hmm. Y'all missed it. It's to make you a Christian. 
You want to know what Christian means? It don't have nothing to do with your church attendance. It doesn't have nothing to do with your denomination. It doesn't have nothing to do with your upbringing or what side of the tracks you grew up on or whether you grew up Pentecostal, Baptist, Methodist, whatever. No, being a Christian means that you are a little Christ-like one. That's what the definition means. They started calling us Christians in Athens after Paul's missionary trip there, meaning that you're a little Christ-like one. Come on, you're a little anointed one in the earth, reflecting your dad, reflecting your father, being able to do the things that your father has created you to do. Come on. If you're thankful for Jehovah Sit Canoe, if you are thankful for the Lord our righteousness, if you are thankful that he did it, come on, so you didn't have to do it. If you're thankful that he got it all right so you don't have to get it all right. If you're thankful that he is perfect so you don't have to be perfect. If you're thankful that he's righteous so that you don't have to be right all the time, I wish you would make a little noise. Come on, no, 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 y'all ain't getting it. I said make some noise. That because he's perfect, you don't have to be perfect. Because he's righteous, you don't have to be right all the time. Because he did it, you ain't got to do it all the time. Come on, you don't have to be perfect. He was. You don't have to go to the cross. He did. Come on, we ought to be thankful for this name and this descriptive character, nature of God that tells us he is our righteousness. You don't have to be your righteousness. Hmm. Main key number two. Here we go. He did it and it ain't got nothing to do with you. Number one was God did it. Number two. Here we go. Let me help you again. He did it, and it ain't got nothing to do with you. I've said it a couple of times now, but can I tell you, my friends right here, it's, this, this really takes the pressure off of walking with God. This takes the pressure off of being a Christian. Jesus is what makes you right with God, not you. So if you have faith and trust in Jesus, your life will look different, and it doesn't and if it doesn't, you haven't really put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I don't have time to unpack that this morning. That's really not what I'm dealing with today. But I came to remind somebody today that your right standing with God come through Jesus Christ. If your life looks reckless and crazy, you don't have faith in Jesus Christ. Period. But I ain't got time to mess with that. But, but I come to remind you that your right standing with God come through Christ. And Christ alone. The only part you play is putting your faith in him. You're justified by faith. You've been made right with the father by faith. No one comes through the father except through Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Amen. Don't believe me? Hold on. Let me read you some scriptures. Philippians 3, 9. And be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. But that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. 1 Corinthians 1.30. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus who become to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Romans 3.22. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For, for there is no distinction. Romans 10.4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Still think it's about you? Oh, hold on. Romans 4 and 5. And to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Romans 3.20. For by works of the law, no human can be justified in his sight since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. 1 Peter 2 and 24. 
He himself bore our sins in his body on a tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds. We have been healed. Galatians 2.21. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Oh, you still think it's about you? Hold on. Galatians 2 and 16. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we have also believed in Jesus Christ in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law because by the works of the law no one is justified y'all catching this Romans 3 and 21 but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law although the law and the prophets bear witness to it Ephesians 2 8 and 9 for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not of your own doing for it is a gift of God not a result of works, so that no man can boast you still think it's about you hold on Romans 4 and 13 for the promise of Abraham to his offspring was that he would be an heir to the world did not come through the law but through the righteousness of faith Ephesians 1 and verse 7 in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of trespass according to what the riches of his grace Titus 3 and verse 5 he saved us not because of the works done by us in righteousness but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration through the renewal of the Holy Spirit Romans 5 and 19 y'all tired yet I'm not tired I'm just getting started for as by one man's disobedience that were made sinners so by one man's obedience the many will be made righteous Romans 5 and verse 7 for if because of one man's trespass death reigned through one man much more will those who receive the abundance of grace of the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man Jesus Christ still think it's about you Hold on. Romans 5 and verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Romans 3 and verse 26. Last one. It was shown his righteousness at the present time so that he might be the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. <laughs> he did it and it ain't got nothing to do with you. <laughs> Y'all believe me yet? Shake your head yes or I'll read them all again. <laughs> You're justified and made righteous in the eyes of the Father because of Jehovah's sit canoe. The Lord, our righteousness. Main key number three here. I'll be closing in just a second. First closing here. Hmm. You can't know him as Jehovah Sidkenu until you become in touch with the reality that you are in need of a savior. You, you can't know him as Jehovah Sidkenu until you become in touch with the reality that you need a savior. We have sin in our life that we need grace and a savior for. Some of y'all looking at me real holy right now. Let me repeat that. We all have sin and are in need of a Savior. You remember, remember a couple of weeks ago I talked about the meaning of Lord and Savior and Jesus is supposed to be Lord and Savior. And I, I mentioned that a minute ago that we have some folks that, that they, they, they know him as Adonai, 
but they forget sometimes that they need a Savior. And we have people that want Jesus as a Savior, but forget that He's Adonai, forget that He's Master and Lord, right? We, folks, it's not one or the other. It's both and. It's both and. Because I don't care how long you've been going to church. I don't care how many revivals that you have attended. I don't care how much you have tithed and give to the kingdom of God. Can I just you can't buy your salvation. Come on. Pastors and churches ain't up for sale. I don't care how much good you have done, how much you've given to the poor, or how spiritual you are, or how much you prophesy, or how many tongues that you speak in, or how many miracles that you have worked, or how much you pray and read your Bible. We all got stuff going on, and we are all in need of a Savior, including me. Can I just say that? It, can, can we just stop? I understand we got to hold pastors in the fivefold ministry to a higher calling and a higher level. That's script. That's Bible. We should. But can we stop putting the pressure on the fivefold ministry to be perfect? To not ever make a mistake, to not ever have a wrong attitude or a bad attitude sometimes, or maybe be sour or maybe God forbid the pastor make a mistake. Let's fire him. You can't fire who you didn't call. I'm going to help somebody today. <laughs> Why can we not show the same grace that we would want for ourselves to the fivefold ministry? We all in need of a Savior. We are all in need to know Him as Jehovah Sitkanu. Let me prove it to us. Watch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Watch this. This is Paul speaking. Can we get that up on the screen? Is this uh, NASB? Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. This is Paul. Paul is saying because of all of the great things that God has showed me, because of my great calling, because he revealed the gospel to me, because he sent me to the Gentiles, because I'm an apostle, because I'm a prophet, because I'm all of these things. He said because of this great revelations that were given to me for this reason to me, uh, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh. A messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Oh, we don't preach this enough. We want to cast everything out. It's Pentecostal circles, but hold on. I'm, I'm going to deal with us in a minute. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Next verse. Therefore, I am well content with my weakness, with insults, distresses, and persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is Paul, the super apostle, with a thorn in his flesh. 
with a thorn in his flesh. You know, there's a ton of opinions about what Paul's thorn in the flesh was, but let me break it down for you for what I believe it has to be according to the context of his life. But let, first, let me break down why you need a savior. Can I just say this? You need a savior because of sin. Amen. I need a savior because of sin. Well, let's define what sin is so that we can be clear. Sin is anything that goes against God's law and his word that we find throughout the scriptures. Are we clear on that? Sin is anything that defies and goes against God's law and his word that we find in the scriptures. Amen. And there are different types of sin. The Bible even says this. There are sin that leads to death and there is sin that doesn't lead to death. I ain't got time to unpack that either. Maybe one day. But the three types of sin that I want to talk to you about real quickly as I'm about to close is this. Second closing. Mistakes, errors, and faults. Mistakes, errors, and faults. And let's define them. Mistakes are accidental. They're more informal and casual than an error or a fault. It's an accident. It is a misstep. It is something that is unintentional. Let me give you an example of this. This is when you stub your toe on the dryer and something comes flies out of your mouth that shouldn't. <laughs> That's a misstep. That's a mistake, right? Now watch this. Error is this. Sin and decisions that are made due to a lack of knowledge. Errors in your life is sin... But it is sin and decisions, decisions that you have made due to a lack of knowledge. In order to overcome errors in your life, you will need to study the word of God and gain the mind of Christ. That's how you overcome errors in your life, is that you gain knowledge by reading the word and renewing your mind. And then when you renew your mind, you can now put on the thinking cap of Christ. Come on, somebody. Did you know that your Bible says that? That the mind of Christ is available to you, that you can actually think like Jesus thinks. I ain't got time to mess with that either. And, and, and let me give you an example of an error. An uh, example of an error might be somebody who is sleeping with their girlfriend or boyfriend and having sex before marriage because they have not yet read the scripture that tells them that fornication is a sin and that fornication is a sin that you sin against your own body. Let me just say it like you. Yeah. God isn't asking you to do things because he's an old man in the sky who looks like Father Time with a beard hanging down to here and he's trying to suck the fun out of your life. No, he asks you to live a certain way because he's a good father and he knows that you're giving information to the person that they have not yet qualified themselves for and you're the one that's going to end up hurt. He's a good father. He's a good father. So, so then we have faults. So we have mistakes, we have errors, and we have faults. A fault is a mistake for which you are to blame, watch this, because of a weakness. Because of a weakness. It's your fault because you know better, but you are simply weak in this area. So do you see how this changes our conversation about Paul with a thorn in his flesh? <laughs> oh, let me say this too. It, did you catch that? It wasn't a demon. No. No. It wasn't. Ah, yeah. 
The devil didn't make you do it. It, it, it wasn't a demon. It was a thorn in Paul's flesh. I know we like to see Paul as the super apostle who never made any mistakes, but he just told you he had a thorn in his flesh. He had a weakness in his flesh, and it disturbed him so much that he kept doing it. It's probably the thing he's writing about in Romans chapter 7 where he says, the thing that I don't want to do, I find myself doing over and over again. Who can save me? me from myself this weakness that is in Paul's flesh it's disturbed him so bad that he's took it to the Lord not once not twice but three times this weakness in Paul's flesh is disturbing him and he's begging God to help him overcome it <laughs> but what does God say no son I'm not taking it from you I'm not taking it from you. You want to know why? Because your weakness helps reveal me as Jehovah Sitkanu. <laughs> Even Paul needed to know Jehovah as Sitkanu. Paul, the super apostle who wrote two thirds of the New Testament, who was struggling with this weakness in his flesh. He needed to know God as his righteousness. He needed to know that God was the only one that could save him. After all the revelations, y'all remember that? After all of the revelations, after all the church plants, come on, after all the miracles, after all the signs and wonders, Paul needed a reminder that he needed a savior too. I'm preaching real good. We need reminders sometimes that he is the God of our righteousness. That weakness that you've got going on in your life. God won't take it from you. You just got to surrender it. <laughs> because when you surrender it, worship team, y'all come on. Because when you surrender it, he can be, he can reveal his power to you. Well, what kind of, what kind of power are you talking about? Pastor, are you talking about his creative miracle working power and the gifts of the spirit and, and power and miracles and signs and wonders? No, 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 my friend. I'm talking about the power to save your very soul. Until you can recognize your weaknesses and your weak spots and the things that you struggle with, you'll never really understand him as Jehovah Sitkanu. We need to understand him as the Lord of our righteousness. As the Lord of our righteousness, that, that God did it. So you wouldn't have to. That, that God was the spotless, perfect lamb. That, that he was the lamb without blemish so that you didn't have to be. That God did it and you didn't have nothing to do with it. You put your faith and trust in him and then it's, it's on after that. 
It's on. Give me something, worship team. Sugar makes the medicine go down. <laughs> we must recognize him as Jehovah. We must recognize him as Adonai. We must recognize him as Lord. But we also must recognize him as Savior. Because we all have things going on in our lives that we need to surrender to the Lord. We all have weaknesses going on in our lives that we need to surrender to the Lord. Paul finally gets it when God says, you're doing great, son. You've really changed. You've, you've literally had that Saul to Paul conversion. You're a changed man. You're writing two-thirds of the New Testament right now. But Paul, you still got some stuff going on, and you still need me, son. You still need Jehovah's Sitkanu. And you can't know me as that unless you have at least a weakness. I'm about to tell you something very scary, but it's true. And I know it from my own life. God will allow you to make the biggest mistake in your life in order to know him as Jehovah Sitkanu if you just won't do it now. You can, you can surrender it and you can walk in a high level of humility by saying, God, you're my righteousness and having a mentality that says, God, I'm nothing without you. My righteousness is as filthy rags. Because you know, the Bible says that when you, if you've broken one law, you've broken all of the laws. So if you've made one mistake, you've made all the mistakes. Isn't that a paradigm shift in our minds? Like, who do we think we are when we run around acting like we're better than folks? What's wrong with us? What's wrong with me? Like, what are, what are we doing? Can I just tell you, I've had a fresh revelation of this in my own life this week. God has been dealing with me on some stuff this week. Because I'm just telling you right now, church, like you can be walking with the Lord and, and be walking pure and be walking right and doing good things. But you still got to know him as Jehovah, sick and new. You still got to know him as the God of your righteousness. He's the one that holds your righteousness. You know this too. I, I had scriptures for it, but I ain't, I ain't got time to unpack it all. Like, you understand, and we'll talk about this next week some too, but the reason why you're doing the good thing and the right things and you're expanding the kingdom and you're building and you're doing all, it's the Holy Spirit at work within you. So all the good you're doing, it still ain't about you. <laughs> what? That, that, that's it. That's it right there, folks. Like, he's, he's, his hand is there, and he's working it all. He's working it all. I want to read you this, and I'm, 
I'm done. Closing number three. Proverbs, watch this, and I'm seriously, I'm done. Proverbs 24, 16 says this. Watch this. For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked fall to their calamity. The wicked fall to their destruction. Let me pose a question to you. How can God call you righteous although you're falling not once, you're, you're falling not twice, not three times, not four, not five, not even six, but you have fallen seven times, maybe even in the same exact area, seven times, but God is still sitting there calling you righteous, and then this wicked person falls, and they fall one time, and then they stay there, and God calls them wicked. Let, let, just let me explain to you what this is about. Though the righteous may fall seven times, they get up. <laughs> what qualifies you for that righteousness is that you just got to get back up. <laughs> oh, man, that's some good news. See, see, the wicked man, he falls and he just stays there. He just stays there in his sin. He keeps doing what he's doing. He has no intentions of getting back up. Oh, this feels too good right now. And it, that's, what, that's where God separates the two. This, this is where God separates the two. Though a righteous man falls, he's going to get back up. The wicked per that will determine whether you're wicked or you're righteous. It's whether you keep getting your butt back up. Come on, if you've fallen this week, can you get back up? C come on, if you failed last year and you had that relapse, can you get back up? C come on, if you failed last night, come on, son, can you get back up? Come on, if you failed last week, can you get back up? If it's that same thing that you've been dealing with over and over and over and over again, God is saying, will you get back up? Only requirement to, for God to call you righteous is for you to get back up. Come on, is there any believers in the house today that says, I will get back up. Although I fall, although I make a mistake, I shall get back up. I will know him as Jehovah's sick canoe. I will know him and call him as Lord my righteousness. Now here we go. Come on, if you need a fresh revelation of him as Jehovah's sick canoe, I want you to run to this altar. Come on. Maybe you just want to worship him because he's Jehovah's sick canoe. Maybe you just want to sit at the feet of Jesus and worship him and say, God, I thank you that you're my righteousness. God, I thank you that it ain't based on how good of a person that I am, but it's based on the finished work of the cross. It's based on the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and me putting my faith in you. That's what makes me righteous. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you as Jehovah Sitkanu. We know you, Lord God, as Jehovah Sitkanu today. God, we bless your holy name, Jehovah Sitkanu today. God of all righteousness, the branch of David. That because... You who knew no sin became sin 
that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, we worship you today. God, we thank you today. Give us a fresh revelation today of Jehovah Sitkanu. Come on, worship. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you would like to support the ministry of the Recovery to Recovered podcast, you could go to canvasshebbyville.com or be the bush ministries.com. If you're enjoying the content that you are receiving here on the show, you can also follow me on social media on TikTok at Pastor Caleb Mack, as well as Instagram, Pastor Caleb Mack, and on Facebook under Caleb McCall. Be blessed. Until next time on the Recovery to Recovered podcast.